So hello and welcome to our ongoing series of Icons of Relocation podcast. My name is Simon Johnston. I'm the CEO of Icon Relocation, a provider of world-leading home search, moving and property management solutions. Now today, I'm delighted to be joined by one of the most important people to know, really, if you're looking at the relocation to Hungary or, frankly, Eastern Europe. Who am I talking to? Of course, it's my good old friend, Stuart McAllister for Interrelocation based in Budapest. Hi, Stuart. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Simon. Uh, good to see you. Um, after having seen each other in person for the first time in a while recently. Uh, that's great. Oh, good. Um, and uh, yeah, so, okay, very, very briefly, uh, as you mentioned, I uh, own and manage uh, Interrelocation based in uh, Budapest, Hungary, but covering 25 countries across um, Central and Eastern Europe and some of uh, Central Asia. So we go about as we go as far west as Austria and as far east as many of the stands, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, and so on and so forth. Um, as far north as the Baltic states and as far south as Greece, and that's that's us and pretty much most of the places in between, with a couple of minor exceptions. Well, that's a pretty extraordinary stretch of geography, isn't it? So, which is why I know I'm talking to the right person when it comes to these sort of activities, which kind of leads on to question. I mean, we've spoken a lot over the years, but since 2020, the world has really seen some substantial changes, not only just from COVID, but also what's been going on your borders. Could, could you maybe give us an oversight as, as what life's been like for you guys in Hungary since the start of the pandemic and since? Sure. Um, first of all, I have to say that we've been extraordinarily fortunate. Obviously, throughout 2020, mostly, I, I well, we spoke a couple of times and I had many other phone conversations or, or, or online conversations with partners around the world to see how they were doing, whether it was in South Africa, where they were in full lockdown without with an, a ban on alcohol sales, which is basically uh, hell. I mean, I just I yeah. can't imagine anything any worse. Uh, I understand that they they had the uh, let's say creative solutions to that particular issue. Of course, uh, um, as as human beings are, are, are wont to arrange, but um, but still, that was really really tough to see. Uh, people telling me that their business was basically down to 20% or 30% of what it would normally be. Um, we were certainly in the same situation at first. Uh, so if we had had this conversation in May of 2020, I would still have been quite worried. Um, a lot of our international partners, so about 70% of our business comes from relocation management companies right. and what we would call international partners like Icon Relocation. So, so you know, as as we proudly are our Icon Relocations partner for the for the region that we cover, um, we also have several partners from Western Europe, which is why it's just not not really it's not really that suspicious why our border stops at Austria, uh, because the source of business from companies, whether they're in Germany, France, and so on, where they they choose to have their relocations outbound managed from that country, and I'm sure it's the same in the UK sometimes, that then they want to work with a company like ours. Uh, the fact that I'm an, I'm an expat, that I'm a Brit, I think has yeah. some some help. Of course, I'm not doing the actual work. I'm just the man who stands there and promises that it will be brilliant wherever it's delivered, whether it's delivered in one of our flagship locations like Warsaw or Budapest or Prague, or in a much smaller location like Tallinn or Sofia, um, you'll get the same level of service. And Which you do. 
that's the goal anyway. So yeah, so I'm, it's May 2020 and I'm like, mm. we're not doing that great. We've just accepted a, the small amount of government support that Hungary was offering. Right. And, but our partners were saying, it looks like if your doors will open, they want to come. So, that, so from a business point of view, if it's possible, we've got clients that want to relocate people into your region. Um, we certainly had locations that were more closed. Um, we got very fortunate in that very, very early on, Hungary developed a, a business trip loophole. So if you could get an invitation from any legal entity in Hungary that said, this person needs to come into the country on a business trip. Now, this is pre-vaccination. Uh, in some so this cases, is the summer of 2020 we're talking about. Yeah. Way before the vaccination rollout. Precisely. But it was perfectly fine. You could invite somebody in uh, and then they would they would come over. And the immigration authority had told us if they're here, they can make their application in country. So we had now got the facility to relocate people inbound into Hungary. And then, for example, um, I can't remember when exactly, but some point during 2020, the Baltic states, Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia opened a little sure. bubble. Um, within those countries. And as luck would have it, we were doing some work for a, for a major supermarket chain where there were many, many people in one of the Baltic states needing to move to another of those Baltic states because they were going through a, a very major expansion program. And as you can imagine, the, the, um, the pandemic was certainly a, a very positive time for supermarkets, a very good opportunity. And that's not a criticism, it's just a fact. So therefore the opportunity to ramp up the expansion was definitely going forward. And, and obviously we were very fortunate that we were there to, to support that. So um, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say that our end result for 2020 was 1% better than 2019. Good Lord, really? Isn't that extraordinary? Because I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's that's not a truth that can be said across a lot of the European nations. So uh, that is amazing from your perspective. We were, and believe me, I actually spent some time trying to work out why, uh, asking other asking other folk in the in the industry. Yeah. Um, we we decided it was the, the the breadth and depth of our partnership network. So that, so that the number of sources of business that we have, that while some were down by 70 percent, some were up. And so so we I'm sure there is an element of good fortune in that. Um, and the fact that we were some of our countries, at least facilitated at the government level, the movement of people for business purposes, despite the, uh, the pandemic. So instead of complete shutdown, borders are closed. It was like mm -hmm. there was a pragmatic approach. That may have had an impact, I suppose, from a pandemic point of view, mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm, that's not not my call to make. We we just used the opportunities that were there, and uh, and it worked really well. That's fantastic success story. So, what happened sort of post 2020? So, going into 2021, and dare I say, also what's been happening on on your borders? Could you sort of uh, walk us through what that looked like? Right. So, 2021 was. Well, mad for want of a more um, business-like phrase, uh, it was we 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 were wondering if there's been a bottleneck. But if 2020 was marginally better than the previous year, despite the pandemic, and so that means that how much would it have been had there not been a pandemic? I don't know. Well, and so 2021 question. was a 
our region is definitely still a growth region. We're constantly getting inquiries for companies. Uh, and I know we're going to talk about things that are you know, recent events, but prior to that, group moves, large relocation engagements, not related in any way to uh, recent events in Ukraine, for example. Um, but then, of course, that did happen. So on February 24th, uh, the world went went crazy for us even more so. We were just at the point of sort of getting to, getting over and kind of living with the the uh, with the COVID pandemic and like and hopefully thinking that it's more endemic than than pandemic. Mm. Uh, and then and then obviously there was uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and suddenly there were hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians. Um, obviously, the vast majority being uh, women and children um, crossing the borders. Um, one way or the other into mostly Poland and then Slovakia, then Hungary and then Romania and Moldova, I think, with, a, with a, the, the, the lowest in terms of numbers. Um, to give you an idea, I think there was something in the region of four million people arrived in Poland. Not all of those have stayed there. Many were, were transiting. Likewise, in Hungary, 600,000 people uh, crossed the border but only 100,000 requested what's called protected status, which is a, an, an, an EU directive, which was not intended for this purpose whatsoever. But okay. the whole of the EU agreed to implement. It's a 2012 directive, uh, which, which offers protected status to certain individuals. And it was offered to the, to the citizens of Ukraine. Um, Ukrainian citizens can enter the Schengen zone for 90 days without a visa. So there was no problem there. Uh, assuming they have a passport, but not everybody had a passport to hand or had time to grab it. Um, and so with protected status, if you register and you could do that at the border as you were crossing, you okay. could uh, get a status and various countries have, have responded in different ways, either for one year or two years, which gives you a permit, allows you to stay and work and receive uh, health care um, from, from, from the state um in throughout whichever whichever eu state member state country you finally decide to settle in so it, it's that's been pretty amazing um what we were receiving as a business were were obviously business inquiries um right. and again you could think well okay without wishing to sound sexist um how many of the of the assignees we deal with are are, are female because men were not allowed by law to leave uh, under men under 60 were not allowed to leave uh, Ukraine, they should stay in the country and to see if they would be needed for uh, for the war effort. Right. And that was that was. But the interesting thing was, yes, there were there were definitely female employees of corporate clients and 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 partners clients uh, coming into the countries. But there were also companies that were saying, right, we're going to hire any any spouse of any member of our staff. So there's a famous window company, I won't mention the name, um, okay. and they, via their Swedish partner that manages their global relocation, uh, said, right, we're, we'll hire any spouse that needs, that's, that's evacuated. That's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, the way that uh, Hungary and other nations have actually risen to this challenge, if that's an acceptable turn of phrase, it is incredible. I mean, this must have had an enormous impact on, on you and uh, just look at Hungary, but all the nations you covered. I mean, on the ground, this must have been felt. This must have been felt from a 
uh, sort of bring it to a relocation aspect as well from a housing perspective. So how has that sort of impacted the way that you operate? Uh, March was, the, I think, the worst month I've had in 20 years in the relocation industry, personally. Um, that I, I the, the number of inquiries that we were dealing with, so just questions, uh, requests for information, was just too vast for, for, for me to cope with. And uh, kind of made me sick in the end, but that's, that's, that's by the by. And I had to remind myself that I was sat in my snug little office, perfectly safe, while my colleagues in Ukraine, who I was deeply worried about at first, yeah. were evacuating to a village in the west of Ukraine where the bombing was, uh, and, 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 and I quote, not as sustained. So uh, they, they didn't like being in a, a shelter because uh, the shelters got very crowded in Kiev. And so they, they escaped, managed to evacuate. And thankfully, no, to my knowledge, no one has been uh, hurt or worse. Oh, yeah. And, and then I moved on to concerns for our colleagues in Russia. Yeah. Because as, um, as you may know, the entire the Russian relocation business is still operating, but it's 100% outbound. And it's really going to be, somebody said recently, until September. And then it will more or less be, it'll, it's a closed down process and it won't reopen anytime. Well, sadly, I can reflect on that. I mean, we're working with a number of clients who are, are moving all their top talent out of Russia to, to neighboring countries. And, and yes, I can echo this. There isn't an intention for them to return for very obvious reasons. So from, from your perspective, for your, your colleagues and team members who are based out in that location, this has been beyond traumatic, I would have thought, as a period. Absolutely. I mean, and again, as I said, I have eventually had to accept that the stress I was feeling uh, back in March and April was nothing that I should just suck it up to use an American phrase and and accept my lot because I was sat behind my safe desk in Budapest um, really trying to direct traffic and help out as best we could. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet two Ukrainian um, women who were were in Budapest. One I managed to help with by giving an older, older like an, an, a tablet that we didn't, tablet PC that we didn't need anymore. So her right. son didn't have to watch SpongeBob SquarePants or whatever, or whatever the Ukrainian equivalent variant is uh, on on a telephone, which is all he all he had to watch that kind of stuff. And then there was another lady who was a corporate client of ours who was there with her daughter and their dog. And uh, she was, again, she felt very fortunate because her, her company, her employer was putting her in fancy temporary accommodation in Budapest while she was waiting ultimately for a visa to the UK because that was her, her ultimate goal. And so Budapest was a transit location for her. And as I said, only, only 100,000 people have, have registered for protected status in Hungary. Uh, so actually here, and I'm going to move on to the housing markets. Yeah. Budapest and Hungary in general has been pretty lightly impacted. Um, but yes, you're right to talk about the, the big impact right now is not Ukrainian uh, evacuees who have been, I think, reasonably evenly distributed. A lot have ended up in Poland because there were already a million Ukrainians in Poland already because the languages are so close to each other. They are very I think culturally quite close to each other as peoples. Uh, but then a lot of people have gone to Germany, to other Western European countries. Uh, not to say that there's anything wrong in, in our region. It's just uh, that either they, they knew people 
and, and that's 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 what. Yeah, but, but that's going to happen, isn't it? I mean, we, it's it's people are going to disperse across Europe, and and, and quite right and proper, and so. Yeah. So you think about so a hundred thousand have have sort of moved to Hungary and more or less stayed there. I mean, the numbers we're talking about are substantial, but 100,000 must have had an impact on, on, on you as a country and certainly in regard to the cities that you live in. And how has that translated? Has that had an impact in regard to housing and services and so many other related aspects? Housing, housing certainly, but only really in Budapest at the lower end of the market. So in terms of the one bedrooms and the studio apartments, those, 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 that market has become a lot harder. Uh, certainly, uh, and, and as as I mentioned, you know we're actually seeing a lot of Russian and Belarusian uh, um, relocations now from, as you said, multinationals that are closing down and giving the opportunity to their their their, their domestic staff in Russia to say, hey, if you'd like to, well, leave your your your, we will facilitate that and we will ensure that you have a job uh, somewhere else in in the region. And um, Hungary is definitely a location there. So is Poland. Um, now, Poland has definitely had the largest challenge. One point, I think 1.5 million people have ultimately settled. Uh, there was a point where recently, it's my, marginally better now, but it was a case of recently, if you wanted to go on home search in, 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 in Warsaw, mm. it would be a case of, we would agree a vague area in terms of size of property, the location you'd like to live doesn't mean that's where you're going to live. Um, we would look at and then we would we would be offered maybe one or two properties and you would be told to dress up nicely, um, smile. Uh, God help you if you have pets or children, yeah. um, because. Uh, pets particularly were challenging and to the point where we're like are you sure you need to keep your pet when and, and i as a pet owner i i, I couldn't fathom that concept no, it's, it's a horrible conversation but this is a i think a universal truth i mean i think more and more people especially after covid uh, from europe have have pets but actually dare i say it when it comes to relocation properties it, it can raise some quite large complications but in poland that that's another level of complication yeah, I mean, I'd heard in the past of cities like Geneva that always had like an effectively a, a 99 percent occupancy rate. Mm. Uh, and I I'd, I'd had colleagues tell me about what it's like. We're like, we can offer you these two properties. Choose and choose quickly. And it's, and choose and it's almost immediately. I would have thought. If, and, it, if you, and it's. If you hesitate. Yeah, it's been like that. It's been like, yeah, if you hesitate and like bring cash. Uh, we have had a, a, a small group move into Warsaw recently mm -hmm. against our advice. Uh, we were saying, just, just don't do it. And they were like, no, no, we really, really have to. And this particular corporate client was offering to pay one year's rent in advance, in advance. Uh, which of course is a great advantage. I mean, obviously that's, landlords are human beings too. They go, oh, that sounds nice. And I, and I was torn because on the one hand, yeah, as our clients, that's, that's a great idea. But on the other hand, they're, denying somebody else and, and and you don't it's better if you don't start to moralize about 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 these things your your job is to find the nice person who's in front of you get them into a property and and to be fair we had advised uh, can you can you pay a like a, a significant amount of rent in advance it will put you in a, at an advantage okay well um, you've got to play the cards you can play so so with this in mind i mean can this sort of uh, it's such an unfair question but looking for the rest of the summer going into the autumn 
what do you think it's going to look like? So if we've got a client that's or a company that's thinking of moving somebody into one of your areas over the course of the rest of the year, do you have any sort of thoughts or guidance that you might want to share as best as anybody could predict? The, the, simple, the first one would be any uh, housing data you have, unless it's bang up to date, throw it away and ask us, how much apartments because the markets are far too dynamic obviously there are very capable and competent organizations that collate housing data and provide those to corporate clients though that data is almost certainly out of date and that's not their fault it's just the markets are Speed too dynamic of the markets. yeah i can understand Precisely. so um be, be be aware be flexible ask us in advance don't make assumptions we're going to be managing expectations uh, that's been a buzzword in our industry for a long time, and never has it been more true. Uh, and we definitely have to polish our expectation management tools uh, because it's going to be difficult. Um, it depends. If it, even Warsaw has sort of kind of got into a rhythm, uh, and it's better than it was. Uh, as, as, I mean, there are people, quite a lot of people who've re relocated back to Ukraine. They've decided. That's what Sorry to interrupt you, Stuart, but that's a really interesting comment about saying it's found a balance, because if you had that level of influx into the country, I would have thought most of them wouldn't have been in a position to move on or move to an alternative location. But you're suggesting that that is happening. So a churn of the property stock is now reappearing. Yeah, to a, to a degree. Um, we, we just had a, a temporary accommodation request for Warsaw this week. And I looked at it and for me, sat here in Budapest, I went like, I don't think we're going to be able to service that at the budget that's been given. I sent it off and they said, yeah, yeah, we should be able to, to do that. It was a two month stay um, with a certain amount per month. And they were like, yeah, we think that we can. And so I was pleasantly surprised. So th things, things, are, things are calmer. Um, if... I mean, obviously, with Warsaw, for example, you know, you, you, the client started to ask, well, what if we took a four bedroom house mm -hmm. and we put four people in it, which obviously is very unorthodox in terms of relocating a professionals. But, uh, you know, if it needs must. And they and, and the answer is that legal. Because, uh, I mean, obviously, some countries like UK, UK, you have the HMO, you know, house and multiple occupancy. There's a limit to how many people not related to each other can live in a property. Is there a sort of similar sort of thing with yourselves? It, not really. Um, we're not, I'm not, not that I'm aware of. Obviously, we have a lot of university cities where students, are, uh, you know, would be taking one room each in a, in a shared apartment. But where it, where we have a, a quite luxurious, luxurious four bedroom villa, where the, the only solution now is to have them share in it, like some kind of big brother household, almost uh, uh, affair. Um, but then, then that was proposed to us, and we said, "Well, you know, those those have already gone as well because Ukrainians have got together and co-rented houses." And of course, Poland, the people of Poland's cordial uh, reaction to the what they what Poland have referred to as their guests rather than evacuees or refugees has Isn't been that a lovely turn of phrase. It is. Yeah. It is, and that, that, so that they've there, there have been landlords where they've gone. Okay, four people individually coming in. I was expecting to rent this property out to uh, maybe an expat family. Uh, sure, okay, maybe I'll make a little money, a little less money overall. Maybe it's a slightly more odd setup, but yeah, okay, but the right uh, thing to uh, do. Uh, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, they, exactly. So that's sort of resolving itself. Budapest 
has never had that that issue uh, uh, at that level. As I said, if it's the, the one bedroom studio apartments where not that long ago you could turn up with 400 euros uh, as, a, as a single person and, and, and get an apartment. And we are now unable basically to deliver a home search at that level. There are, not to say that there are apartments available, but uh, those landlords are not likely to be very happy about the idea of the lease contract being seen by a government authority. Perhaps they're concerned about the taxman seeing uh, seeing that they have a because it's it's a small amount of rent and they don't maybe plan to declare it. Uh, and and then uh, they you would be you know that 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 assignee would be competing directly with with Hungarian assignees. Where beyond to be honest, from a language point of view, a culture point of view so much easier so we've been we've been pushing that there's a minimum level of rent above which you're then into a market where yes expats are welcome the cultural differences the language differences are, are more accepted and that's really 550 to 650 euros to, as a as a as a as a base rent plus utilities okay. um, but obviously if you are a traditional middle management expat family looking to rent an, a house for three thousand euros a month. Market's still there. It's it's as if it's as, it's normal. Um, well, okay, that's interesting. What about things from a, a, a scoring perspective? I mean, I, I imagine there's probably not being as much uh, difference, but has there been sort of with the influx of people? Has that put any pressure on the schooling? Or well, I suppose most people going to your areas will be going international schools. So I guess this has not had a dramatic impact from that perspective. No, obviously, um, whether it's Ukrainian or Russian families, some of them are, are quite well to do and, and, and might be able to afford. They may have their children may have already been in private education uh, where they were um, at the moment. Other than the fact that our markets were quite, uh, I wouldn't say saturated, but certainly busy already, um, mm. there are there is availability. Um, the state school system, to be honest, I don't really know how that's managing. Um, obviously, if you're in a country like uh, like Poland or, or Slovakia, where the language is far closer, the idea of bringing in uh, maybe a children who, who only speak Ukrainian or Russian or, or both, um, that's not a hard transition. If you're coming into, into Hungary, where the language has no connection whatsoever <laughs> to Russian or Ukrainian. It's not. It's not Slavic. Then that's a that's an, or Roma, or Romania, which is a Latin. You know, it's a, a, a Romance language. That that's a very different en endeavor. And I think that also uh, uh, links into why Hungary and Romania have been less, let's say, popular as final destinations. It's a good point, actually. The whole language differences. Uh, I seem to remember you saying before how Hungary is almost isolated with its neighbors and its language. Uh, it has more of a connection, correct me if I'm wrong, with some of the Scandinavian languages. Was that correct? Ah, oh, no, that's an entirely separate podcast, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, we come back to that because I find this it's, is fascinating. It's in the Finno-Ugric family officially, but there, that's contested. That there's that the connection to Finnish is extremely tenuous. Uh, then I think one of the one of the, the Baltic languages like Estonian or something was mentioned, but the Hungarian tribes they reckon came from the steppes of Russia about 1,100 years ago. Wow, 
Okay, you're right. This is a separate conversation for another <laughs> podcast. Maybe we maybe we come back to that. Yeah. Uh, on the sort of side issue, so again, looking for the rest of the year, the, the impression that you're giving me is that it, accommodation is going to be available, can be done. Don't be silly on budgets. Recognize what's going on. Uh, look at variables. Look at options for, for where to consider and where to go. But anybody relocating, it, it can be done, but just get the best advice possible at the earliest stage and don't rely on anything historic. Would that be a reasonable summary of what you suggested? Absolutely. So what we've been advising, I mean, to be honest, because we saw that there was a summer season coming yeah. and we were already had a level of work in April that exceeded the previous summer. Uh, then we were thinking, OK, so we've been shouting out to all of our partners and clients um, if there are any, you know, surprise group moves that, that your corporate clients have forgotten to mention. Tell, you know, let them all know. Tell them to not not tell us because they need to let us know in advance, as far in advance as possible. We will manage what's possible, what's not possible. Um, so at the moment now we're in June, it looks like all of the, the, the major engagements that we were expecting uh, have been communicated to us. So we, we more or less know what's going to happen. We're, we're all right. But if there were, it, yeah, very, very strongly, if there were a corporate client out there listening to this podcast and saying, yes, I want to re relocate a bunch of people into a country or a city within our region this year, I would say, you know, whether it's if it, Icon Relocation is your is your management company, contact Icon Relocation, have, and then with through us, we will explain what's going on today on the ground in each city in question and help them to decide if that's really feasible or not. Um, you know, because there are distinct limitations in terms of housing or the housing is there, but the rates have gone up significantly, you know, sometimes by 30, 40, 50 percent. So if they are planning to relocate people on a local contract where they're going to complete, continue to receive their, their existing salary um, and that made lots of sense when the house, when the, when the rental levels were here and now they're here and mm. they're likely to find that their, their, their employees are balking at the idea of relocating because they'll be much worse off yeah no it is an interesting question about the housing and the pricing again i've explained to people across europe and it's amazing how everything's changed so much but perhaps most interestingly for very different reasons in some locations so it but almost universal truth the demand for housing has gone up and the cost of that housing has gone up and of course that the cost of utilities and energy prices has gone up as well so i think as long as people got the best device possible everything is still doable but it's it is all about talking to you, talking to the experts and making sure you don't presume anything. It's uh, I think it's probably the best way to sum it up. We've been we've had a couple of engagements, um, not always, but in many cases, the relocation management company builds a wall between their client and us as the, as the destination service provider on the ground. And we've had a couple of engagement recently where they, they didn't do that, where they said, like, we'd like you to talk directly to the key um, stakeholders at our client, and the, the the reason was that they wanted to hear it from from us on the ground what the actual situation is because I think there's been a tendency to go like ah yeah you don't really mean it's that bad and then we well yeah I mean this is such a good conversation I was, I was just going to say we should wrap this up and now you opened up another conversation but um, I, I 
it's again because we are uh, a, a destination provider in the UK and we can see the housing market, it's exactly the same thing. Everything can be dealt with as long as we explain what's going on. So the more we talk, the more we can explain what's happening, why it's happening, uh, and make sure that people have that uh, awareness before ideally you get on the plane, then the outcome uh, can be managed and managed very successfully. But it is all about making sure, like you, your voice, we get your voice over to anybody. So if any of our clients are moving to, to your Nicola Woods, it's so great to hear this directly. Uh, and again, if anybody is listening who wants to explore this, and I, I, I'm going to suggest that you and I will be very happy to have a separate conversation with them and really give the best advice possible. Um, if you do yeah, that. Yeah, we've definitely been doing that. And whether it yeah. was relating to, I've had several conversations relating to Sofia, Prague, Warsaw, where again, we've had a senior consultant on the ground who knows even more than I do, far more than I do, frankly, has actually said, look, this is the reality this week. And it's literally been last week was a bit different and next week could be different again. But this week, this is what, what's going on. And then and then allowing the clients to, well, because we know that if a bunch of assignees, a bunch of expats are going to arrive on the ground and they're surprised or they're disappointed, then it, that's going to be very challenging for us to handle. And so therefore, the more we can say, hey, these are the challenges that they're going to face, uh, whether it's, you know, a perceived antipathy towards or, or, or negativity towards, for example, Russian citizens, which is very unfair. It's not, it's not an individual Russian citizen's fault as to what's happening, but a landlord is a landlord and they, they, can, they have their own uh, prejudices and they, they may be making a decision or not. And, and, and so, the, but it, the more that we can help with that and say, like, hey, this is what's going to happen if you're on the ground. Uh, it's great if you can show that, hey, I'm actually, there's sometimes landlords perceive that this is going to be very short termist. So they're, they're worried that they'll bring somebody in, they'll, they'll have them set them up as a tenant and six months from now, they'll cancel the lease because the situation has resolved itself um, and they can return home. And so we've 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 we have to explain to the landlord sometimes that no no the entire company has relocated so it's no longer there these people are on a, on a permanent transfer and and sometimes having our consultants explain that in the local language to the landlord that like no this 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 person's here for the long the long haul the only reason they'll be moving out of your apartment is if they buy which again is probably not a quick process. I'm going to no, 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 no. So, but but again, this perception of like, oh no, I'd rather hire, I'd rather rent to somebody who's going to be with me long term. No, the, these. And but again, by definition, they're going to be communi there. Communicating the reality as opposed to the perceived reality is really, really important. Fantastic. You know what? That feels like a perfect time to actually pause a conversation. Otherwise, I know what we like. We'll, we'll talk from the next hour, two hours, and maybe we can come back to this because I think there's a, so much we haven't explored here. But sure. in the meantime, Stuart, it has been a pleasure. It always is. Thank you so much for this insight. And again, echo the comment said, if anybody's moving to these areas, have a chat with us. And we will introduce you to Stuart. Make sure you get the best advice possible. And if you get that, a successful relocation is going to take place. So in the meantime, thank you so much for your time. Take care. Thank you, Simon. Bye.